Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Constantly hearing people say, as Isaiah, I tried casting out a demon and the person manifested, but the demon would not come out. One of our most viewed videos on our channel is dealing with stubborn demons. What do you do in deliverance when a demon does not come out? You can plead the blood. You can command it to come out. You can say the name of Jesus. You can do everything that you're trying to do and you want to do, but there are times where the demon still doesn't come out. Or I always hear this. I tried getting deliverance, but the deliverance failed or I did not get fully delivered. Now, I've already done a video, as I said, on stubborn demons, so my focus tonight is not only going to be on why the demons don't leave, but overall, why do deliverances fail? Why is it, I feel the Holy Ghost already strong tonight, why is it that we have the blood of Jesus, we have the power of God, we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Jesus given us all power, all authority, called us, marked us, sent us, we're on our mission, we've been co-missioned with Christ, and yet still many people struggle with getting demons out, many people have failed deliverances. They spend hours and hours rolling around, wrestling around, and the person does not get fully delivered. Have I had failed deliverances? Absolutely. And the question always has to be, why did the deliverance fail? Was it their fault or was it my fault? That's the question. But tonight, rather than the stubborn demons where I focused on the soul ties and the renouncing and the unforgiveness, and we talked about their issues, tonight I want to talk specifically about the deliverance. Come on, share this. The deliverance minister, and why is it as deliverance ministers that things fail? Why is it? Now, there's obviously more reasons and more variables than what I'm just going to talk to you about tonight, but tonight I'm going to give you common, very common reasons reasons and uh, instances why deliverances fail so that you can better be utilized, you can help more people, and at the end of it, you can be a more effective deliverance minister. I don't know about you, but I want to be more effective in deliverance. I want demons to listen to me. I want to increase in the power of God, which I'm going to show you tonight is possible, and I want to be more effective in the call, the anointing, the assignment of God. I'm blown away that in every area of society, we celebrate practice. We celebrate review. We celebrate being good at something, spending hours, whether you're an athlete, whether you're in the gym, whether you're into a hobby, you spend eight hours, 10 hours practicing your craft. And then when it comes to deliverance, healing, breakthrough, we say, oh, you don't really need to teach on it very much. And you know, we don't need to talk about it for more than 15 minutes once a year on Sunday morning. Friend, we need to be trained. We are soldiers in the army of God, whether you like it or not, you are in an unseen war against demonic powers. Jesus has already defeated the enemy. And now we are fighting us and the angels, according to Revelation, are fighting the devil and God has given us weapons, yes, tools, yes, the Holy Spirit to help us fight, but the reality is you are in a non-stop wrestling match with demonic powers. Whether you have a demon in you or you have no demons, you're fighting right now demonic powers. The enemy is lurking according to the word of God and he's looking for somebody to devour. He's looking for somebody to destroy. And so we need to not be on the defense, we need to be on the offense in Jesus' name. We need to violently assault the influences and the powers of the enemy. And if there's anything that I've learned this year is that the devil is not playing games. It is time for the church to stop thinking that they can be part-time and defeat an enemy that is full-time. God is looking for some spiritual snipers. Come on, somebody help me. I'm fired up tonight. Some special forces and some kingdom warriors that are going to advance the kingdom of God. I'm not stressed 
stressed out about presidencies. I'm not stressed out about politics. I'm not stressed out about vaccines and coronavirus. None of this is stressing me out because I understand that I am in an invisible war and God has marked me and God has called me to advance his kingdom violently. I'm not asking the enemy. I'm not asking his permission. I'm not saying, well, devil, do this or do that. Or I'm not negotiating. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We violently take over the kingdoms of the enemy and establish the kingdoms of our God. Now, the more that we learn and the more that we experience, the more we can be effective and moved into deliverance. The question of why does a deliverance fail? Some of you might say, well, we don't have any scripture to talk to back up what we're saying tonight. The question of why does deliverance fail is not a new question. In fact, this is the exact question that Jesus's disciples ask when they had a failed deliverance. Think about this. This is Jesus disciples that walked with him, talked with him, lived with him, ate with him, were in direct relationship with him that also had failed deliverances. Now I know there's a lot of you super spiritual pastors out there that say, oh, I've never had a failed deliverance. I tell demons to leave and the demons immediately leave and the demons have to go. Friend, the reality is oftentimes in deliverance, demons do not immediately leave. And if you're in deliverance, you know that this is true, that there are times where you need to keep praying the person through. There are times where you need to go and pray longer or pray stronger or demons are too powerful for you. And so this is what we're going to talk about tonight. So this is not a new question. We're not creating new doctrine. I know a lot of you say, man, I've never heard this in the church. That is sad because this is the word of God. This is the ministry of Jesus. Deliverance is the calling and the assignment for every single believer. Now, for all of you that think, Jesus commanded demons to go and the demons just left. Jesus said one word and the demons were gone right away. Or how about this one? It should only take five minutes and all this and all that. And this is what pastors say. Remember something very clear when pastors say, well, it shouldn't take you more than a minute or I command them to go and they just go. And Jesus did this and Jesus did that. Do we follow Jesus? hundred percent. Are we looking at the patterns and the methods of Jesus? Yes. I have five hours of teaching on every single deliverance Jesus did, but remember something, write this down. You're not Jesus. You are a disciple of Jesus. And so you can't use that. Well, Jesus did this and Jesus, Jesus prayed for everyone to get healed and everyone got healed. And yet there's people that we pray for that don't get healed. But just because somebody doesn't get healed, it doesn't stop me from continuing to pray for the sick. I'm a student. I'm a disciple. The fact that there's 1900 of you here right now tells me that you want to learn, tells me you're a disciple. I always, guys, I want to learn. I'm always reading books. I'm always listening to sermons because I'm trying to learn. I'm a disciple. I'm a student. And if you know more about a topic than I do, then guess what? I'm not going to debate you and argue you about the topic. I'm going to learn from you. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so if I know more about deliverance, miracles, speaking in tongues, whatever it could be, then you come under that teaching and you're blessed by the teaching. You advance by the teaching. And so we are advancing tonight. You need to remember though, you're not Jesus. You are a disciple. And even Jesus his closest 12 disciples tried casting out a demon and failed. And they asked Jesus, why did we fail? And Jesus is going to address, it's not as simple as you might think, why the disciples could not drive out a demon. And this is where we're going to find some of these, some of these points I'm going to give you. And then by the way, guys, listen closely. 
I'm going to give you reasons why deliverances fail. And then if I have time at the end, I'm going to give you the obstacles to deliverance. If you guys want to go long tonight, let me know. But we're going to give you the obstacles to deliverance. And everything I give you, every point I gave you tonight, I will put in the YouTube description after the live stream. So if you miss it, you don't need to say what was number three, what was number four. Because I'm going to make sure that I get this to you on our last video. I gave you all the points you needed. I'll make sure that I do that. I haven't done that in the past, but I'm going to make sure that we do that. But the disciples asked Jesus, why did we fail? This is the question we need to ask ask ourselves, come on, let's share this and get to 2000 when we're doing deliverance ministry. Now in this account in Matthew 17 and Mark nine, I prefer Mark chapter nine because it has more detail in the story of the disciples asking Jesus why they had a failed deliverance. If the disciples, write this down, had a failed deliverance, then it's possible you don't need to lose heart and quit to have a failed deliverance. Let me tell you what oftentimes happens. Somebody tries to get into deliverance ministry and they fail in deliverance ministry. They get discouraged and they stop driving out demons. Do not get discouraged if you fail in deliverance ministry. Do not get discouraged. I'm here to encourage you and tell you some reasons why your, everyone's saying go long. Okay. Why your deliverance might have failed. Now, Jesus deals with a couple things in the story. He deals with the boy's father's faith. He deals with the disciples' capabilities in faith. He deals with the spiritual qualifications and the strength of the demon. So he's not just dealing with, oh, the reason why you failed is because you didn't say this right, or you didn't address this right, or you didn't bind that right, but there were qualifications and standards that Jesus has set out for deliverance and qualifications we need to meet to be effective deliverance ministers. Remember, we're talking about those casting out the demon and deliverance fail. We know deliverance can fail for two reasons. Number one, the person was not ready. They were not prepared and they didn't meet the conditions, which we're going to talk about in a bit, but I've already done a full video on that casting out stubborn demons on the channel. But number two, the deliverance minister, you can have somebody genuine, ready for deliverance, wanting deliverance is prepared and all the renouncing, all the things you can do but the deliverance minister was not equipped to do the deliverance. And this is what we find a lot of times. Someone says they prayed for me for five minutes or the pastor told me I don't have a demon or they prayed for me at the altar, but I never got deliverance. This is very important that we talk about this because there's many variables, but tonight the focus is on the person doing the deliverance. Now, What's interesting is they had a failed deliverance while Jesus was away. Jesus had taught them and trained them. And now it's time to see if they really learned and really believed everything he taught. Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration and he gets down from the mountain and he sees people arguing in a crowd and ultimately the disciples not being able to do deliverance on a little boy. And so Jesus is going to address this. Now the Bible says a couple things I want to point out before I get you the steps and the reasons why deliverances fail. Now, some people might say, and I heard this a lot in the last video I did where I did the live lesson where I showed you a lady getting delivered and we taught about the deliverance. Some people say violent manifestations or crazy manifestations are not biblical. I've heard this all the time. I heard this in the comments while I was teaching. Mark 9 20 is what I have to say to you. And the Bible says they brought the boy, but when the e oh, this is such good teaching tonight. I'm blessing myself. When the evil spirit, the Bible says, saw Jesus. It threw the child into a violent convulsion. The child fell to the ground, was writhing and foaming at the mouth. The demon started manifesting. Notice in this story of Mark 9, and I'll, let's just focus on Mark 9. The, the, sto the story in Matthew is the same story. Matthew 17 is just confined more. And I like the details that Mark 9 gives us. But in Mark 9, 20, it says, when the demon saw Jesus, it started manifesting. So you guys have to know in deliverance ministry, praise the Lord, we broke 2000. In deliverance ministry, 
it's common for a demon to be hiding for 30 years, for 40 years, for 50 years and never manifest. Now your question might be, the last deliverance I did, I put a video up, the lady was almost 60 years old, she had demons since her childhood that she never knew were there. Now, your question would be, how could you be in church for 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, have a demon and not know about it? Because you're around a bunch of lukewarm believers that have no power in the spirit and that are not calling things out. Remember, demons do not want you to know they're there. The Bible says the demon started to manifest when it saw Jesus. So it's not uncommon for a demon to not manifest until it's until it sees somebody that's Christ-like, until someone Christ-like calls it out or you get under a heavy anointing. When you hang around a bunch of lukewarm believers that have you know this whole mentality of, oh, I'll just pray for you, brother, or I'll pray for you at a distance, you are not gonna manifest and you're probably not going to get free. You need people around you that look like Jesus, that act like Jesus, and that walk in the authority of Jesus. When a demon sees somebody that walks in the authority of Jesus, when a demon sees somebody that walks in the power that Jesus walks in, that walks in the fire that Jesus walks in, you need to understand that the demons will get threatened by that. The demons will respond to that. Demons are not going to respond to watered down, lukewarm, anemic, Burger King, McDonald's, plastic, commercialized believers that have half of their life, they live in unbelief, they live like the enemy, and they sleep with Delilah and Jezebel, and then they try and go and drive out demons. So if you have lukewarm people praying for you, and you're like, well, I'm not manifesting, the demons are not going to manifest demons manifest when somebody looks like Jesus acts like Jesus and talks like Jesus now we know the way you look like Jesus is by spending time with Jesus it's possible for us to become in the likeness of Christ yes we're disciples but it's possible to walk in a power and an authority and to be like Christ on the earth now in Acts 4 13 it says the disciples were unskilled and they were uneducated but they had been with Jesus. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more you become like him. The more the demons fear you, the more effective you'll be at deliverance ministry. Friend, the way you get power and authority in the spirit realm is not just by learning more teachings. That does help. It's not just by listening to more podcasts. That does help. Or reading more books. It's by spending time, write that down, in the presence of Jesus. When you spend time in the presence of Jesus, you become like Jesus and you have power. Come on, share this. And you have authority in the unseen realm. If you don't have a close relationship with Jesus, you will not be effective in deliverance ministry. That's the bottom line. This is all about relationship. All ministry comes out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Our ministry does not come out of our talents. It does not come out of our gifting. It doesn't come out of, oh, I'm good looking, or I could speak good, or I can do this good, or I can do that good. My ministry comes out of my relationship with Jesus. I'm not preaching to you guys anything Jesus has not preached to me. I'm not getting on here preaching about repentance unless I'm first repenting and Jesus has been speaking to me about repentance. And so whatever I preach to you guys, Jesus has preached to me. So you need to understand this, that the demons are not going to manifest in a dead church. They're not going to manifest with the lukewarm believers. Not going to manifest if you just, oh, come out in Jesus' name and whisper in the person's ear. Demons manifest when you look like Jesus and Jesus was not shy he was not timid, but he was bold when he dealt with the demonic realm. Now, what's interesting in this story, and I'm giving you a couple of things that are interesting, then we're going to go into our specific things. Praise God, we broke 2,100 viewers, is Jesus asks, how long, this is to the Father, how long has this been going on? Now, some of you hear us tell people that, how long have you been going through that? And you say, oh, that's not scriptural. You don't need to ask him how long they've had the demon. Well, in Mark 9, Jesus asked the boy's father, Mark 9, how long has the boy been doing this? And remember, the boy's having seizures 
seizures. He has a spirit of epilepsy and he's literally having seizures and the demons throwing him in the fire and throwing him in the water, trying to kill him. That is the goal of demons. Ultimately, their goal is to kill you, whether that's through sickness, whether that's through depression, whether that's through suicide, whether that's through overeating, whatever they can do, their end goal is to try to kill you. That's their goal. So Jesus asked the young boy's father, how long has he been dealing with this? How long has this been happening? And the the father replies in verse 21, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire and into the water trying to kill him. And then he says, have mercy on us and help us if you can. So Jesus says, how long has a boy been demonized? The boy's father says, since he was little. And this is again, often showing times that people have demons from when they were a child. I talked about this in my demon portal videos. Demons oftentimes come when the child is vulnerable through trauma, through abuse, through the womb, through generational curses, all these different things. So what the boy's father was saying is, I've my son has had demons as long as I can remember. Now, some of you are listening right now, and I'm just going to stop and say this to you. You've had demons as long as you can remember, but the Lord is saying tonight is your night to get free and get delivered by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we're putting every demonic spirit on notice. We're putting every demonic power on notice. Satan, you have no power in Jesus' name. And tonight, the Lord rebukes you, Satan, and you're going to let these people go in Jesus' name. I'm not going to sit back while you guys are demonized. God is going to bring deliverance. He's going to bring breakthrough. He's going to bring freedom. I'm telling you, I hear the sound of chains falling in Jesus' name, and there is going to be breakthrough, and there is going to be freedom, and there is going to be liberty in Jesus' name. Now, oftentimes people are dealing with these demons that you're fighting for years. Now, here's what's amazing to me. Many people say deliverance should be fast, which is not biblical. Remember, you're not Jesus. In the book of Acts, when Paul cast out the spirit of divination, the Bible says it came out within an hour. So it didn't come out instantly. And remember, the girl with divination was with Paul for several days, the Bible says. And so Paul tolerated this for days. We could, we don't know if they were praying for her for days. We don't know. We just know that Paul finally commands the demon to leave and the demon had to leave within the hour. But understand, I'm blown away how people will go into surgery and they'll go into a 15 hour surgery to get cancer removed or a body part uh, fixed or something but then if we do deliverance more than 20 minutes they say oh you're doing deliverance too long it shouldn't take that long here's the thing you got to remember you're talking about evicting demons that have been living there for 20 30 40 50 years so listen let miss me with all that lukewarmness of oh the demon should be leaving immediately if i say for it to go first of all you're arrogant and you're proud that's your problem second of all that's not the reality of people that have had demons for years and years and years don't think that someone that had demon for 30 years 20 years 50 years you're just going to evict it in five minutes if you want to be one of those that just gets the demon mad and then says oh they're delivered because a lot of people what they're going to do they're going to pray deliverance over you. You're going to manifest foam at the mouth, growl. And then they're going to say, oh, praise the Lord, you've been delivered. When you, you haven't been delivered, all they did was they made the demon manifest and they made the demon mad. So we're not talking about drive-by deliverance. We're not talking about drive-by prayer. We're not talking about partial one demon coming out out of a thousand. We are talking about actual biblical deliverance and completely getting set free and completely being delivered by the power of God. Now in verse 26, when the demon actually leave, the Bible says that then the spirit screamed out of the boy, 
threw the boy into violent convulsions and finally left him. And the boy appeared to be dead. And the crowd began to say, the boy's dead. The boy's dead. So when the demon came out, notice what happened when the demon came out. Okay, we're still in our intro here. Notice what happened when the demon came out. The boy acted as if he was dead. This is common when a demon leaves. If you watched our video, you're going to see that when the demon was leaving, all of a sudden the person goes limp or the person falls down. It's not uncommon for the person to fall down when they get a demon cast out of them. It's not uncommon for the person to get lighter or the person's body to go limp or the person to feel like, man, I've lost control or all of a sudden I just feel like I'm going to pass out. When a demon leaves a person, oftentimes they feel like they are going to pass out or in this story, they thought he was dead. And then Jesus, and remember when the demon came out, it said it threw him into a violent convulsion and it kept going crazy. So these violent convulsions are biblical when a demon's leaving. Uh, As I said in the last video, we did with that lady. She was violently convulsing, shouting, screaming. She kept saying, Isaiah, this isn't me. This isn't me. I know that's not you. That is a result of a demon coming out. These are the violent convulsions that happen when a demon comes out. After it's all said and done, the disciples asked Jesus, why did they fail? And this is where I want to take you to some reasons for failed deliverance. Some specific reasons of why deliverances fail. Remember, this was not, and I'm going to show you in a minute, in a little bit here, why oftentimes you have to command demons over and over. It's not just a one-time thing. I'm going to show you that even Jesus commanded demons more than once before the demons even left. Now I'm going to go you through some reasons why. So get your pens, get your notepads out of why deliverances fail according to the story. And according to my experience, number one, write this down of why deliverances fail. Remember, this is mainly from the deliverance minister is a lack of faith. This is incredibly important that the person doing the deliverance and the person getting delivered. I can't shout this enough. Listen, my veins are popping out because I'm shouting. I can't shout this enough. This is incredibly important that when you're doing deliverance that there is faith in the person getting delivered and in the person doing the deliverance incredibly important the most important thing oftentimes demons will tell you I'm too strong for you to cast out you're not going to get delivered today they don't have what it takes to do deliverance on you almost every deliverance I do the person hears voices saying, they're telling me I'm not going to get delivered. They're telling me I don't have enough faith. They're telling me you don't have enough faith. Those are the demons trying to target you with unbelief because the lack of faith is what prevents the demon from coming out. The, per- the moment the person, whether it's the deliverance minister or the person being delivered comes into agreement with these thoughts or these demonic things, you can pretty much end the deliverance because they're likely not going to be delivered. Write this down. You need faith in deliverance this is this is invaluable in deliverance ministry you don't need to know you need to know without a shadow of a doubt that you have more power than the evil spirit i don't care what ranking i don't care what level i don't care what authority a demon has you have a greater level of power and authority in the name of jesus friend you've been given authority and power to drive out demons now write this down your authority to cast out demons is contingent or connected to your faith. So God can see faith and demons can see faith. Demons can literally see if you have the faith to do what you're saying you do. 
I've been casting out demons before and the demon said, you don't believe this. You're not strong enough. You're not going to be able to cast it out. Now, I didn't get afraid and say, oh man, the demon's right. I never come into agreement with demons. I come into agreement with God's word and the Holy Spirit. And the demon was trying to get me into unbelief. I've had some crazy deliverances where the manifestations were so wild, you wouldn't believe. And all it was, was the demon trying to flex on me and trying to get me to stop. But what do I do when a demon flexes on me? I flex back. I go back. I fight back. I press back. Deliverance is all about who is going to put more pressure, the person doing the deliverance or the demons. So oftentimes you're going to see in the Bible, Jesus seeing Bible saying, Jesus seeing their faith healed them, which makes me see that you can see faith. One of the reasons why we show deliverances, you say, well, why do you show the videos? Isaiah? what's the point is because it builds up your faith. The reason why we teach is it builds faith. It builds confidence. The reason why we share testimonies is it builds faith and confidence. The reason why we constantly encourage you that you have the power, you have the authority. And we're constantly saying the same spirit that lives in Christ is in you is because we're trying to build up your faith because the more faith you have, the more power you have over demons. Remember, your authority doesn't work if you don't have the faith to match the level of authority that you've been given. You cannot go into deliverance, write this down, shy. You cannot go in timid. You cannot go in faithless or going in thinking, well, maybe this will happen. Maybe it won't happen. That's the worst mentality. That's the number one ingredient of having a failed deliverance is going into the deliverance thinking that there's a possibility the deliverance is not going to get, is not going to happen. Well, let me give you this practical. When I go into a deliverance, no matter how sticky, no matter how messy, no matter how complicated the deliverance seems, I don't care if they said, oh, yesterday I was having a tea party with Satan or I was dedicated to the devil as a child. It doesn't matter. I believe going in that we're going to fully deliver that person, whether the person's not ready or in the right place. I don't care. I need to make sure that my faith is there to do deliverance. Now, have I had failed deliverances? Yes. But at the end of the deliverance, I've had to come to a place where I said, okay, I was where I needed to be. I was praying. I was fasting. But the person for this reason was not ready. And these are things you should be talking about after deliverance. Having a meeting with your team saying, why did that deliverance fail? Every deliverance I've done after I meet with my team, after deliverance, the person leaves and I say, okay, why did that go good? And the person got fully delivered or why was that a failed deliverance? Why did the person not get delivered? And what could we do better after the deliverance? So you need to make sure that your faith is there and you're ready to go. Demons are going to do backflips over you, run circles around you, make fun of you, joke about you. If they can tell that your faith is lacking, the devil preys on unbelief. Now the man in Matthew 17, 16 says, I brought my son to your disciples, but your disciples could not cure him or could not help him. The Lord spoke to me years ago. He said, Isaiah, one day on judgment, the world is going to come to me and say, we brought our demonized, our sick and our hurting to your church, but your church could not help them. Friend, we're giving people everything else in the church, but healing and deliverance. This is our obligation. Come on. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. This is our responsibility and this is our mandate to heal those who are sick and to deliver those that are demonized. This is not an option. This is not the great option or the great, you know, suggestion. This is the great commission to drive out demons, to preach the gospel and to heal the sick. So if you're a believer, you've been called and you've been anointed and you've been assigned to do this. God has marked you for this. We need to stop giving people coffee and donuts and start giving them deliverance and healing. So many churches and Christians have a form of godliness, but deny the very power that can make them like God. And the Bible says, 
Stay away from those people. And let me just say this, guys. I am not interested in being a part of some bless me club, some powerless, weak, anemic Christian church in America that's really the heart of it. And I'm going to do a video here soon on the Antichrist bride and Christ bride. Because listen, there is a false bride, a counterfeit Antichrist spirit, an Antichrist harlot, the Bible calls, bride that is pretending to be the bride of Christ. But let me tell you something. This is not the bride of Christ. The bride in America is not the bride that Jesus describes. And the Antichrist has a bride who's the great harlot. And Jesus has a bride. And I'm telling you, Jesus' bride is beautiful. She's without spot. She's without blemish. And she's without wrinkle. And God is coming back for a bride like that. Not a bride like the one that we see in the world. Not a bride like the one that we see in the church. People are coming and saying, we're bringing our sick. Now, listen, a lot of you, and let's just be honest, you won't bring your sick friends and family to your church. You won't bring, we're getting real tonight, you won't bring your sick friend, your sick family, this sick so-and-so that you know to church because you know that they're not going to do deliverance on on the person. You know they're not going to do breakthrough on the person. You know they're not going to lay hands on the person. And so why would you bring them there if you know nothing's going to happen when you bring them? A lot of people are afraid to bring their friends to church, afraid to bring their family to church because they know that if they bring them, nobody is going to actually lay hands and pray for them. We need to be a church that offers prayer and deliverance. If you're afraid or you don't want to bring your friends and family to your church, you need to find a new church because we have to stop giving people superficial things to try to help them supernaturally. So the man brings the boy to Jesus, says, I tried to bring him to your disciples. Your disciples couldn't heal them. And Jesus replies to the man saying, you know, you faithless and perverse generation. Immediately, Jesus starts targeting the unbelief in the deliverance ministers who are the disciples so jesus targets the disciples and says you perverse and faithless generation now jesus calls them faithless which means untrustworthy he says i've given you this power and authority and i can't even trust you to use it i can't even trust you to apply properly we're already in chapter 17 of the book of matthew and you guys still don't realize the power and the authority that you have This is what blows my mind with pastors and leaders. You can go through Bible college. You can study all your life. You can have a church of 3,000 and you still are untrustworthy. You still don't lay hands on the sick. You still don't drive out demons. And ultimately, you're faithless. Faithless means untrustworthy. It means you say you believe, but you're not doing what I've called you to do. And then he says you're perverse. And he says you're perverse generation. Now the word generation means race. And Jesus was referring to the Jewish people who refused to believe Jesus was the Messiah. Because remember, when Jesus shows up to the crowd, there's religious people, the Bible says, there's the disciples, and there's the boy and the the crowd. So there's three groups here, and Jesus is rebuking all the groups. Now, the father of the boy is not exempt because, remember, Jesus is speaking to the entire crowd. The reason why there was a failed deliverance, number one, is the lack of faith. There's an unbelieving crowd of Jews. There's the boy and his father. Now, in deliverance, you need to make sure that you don't have those there that don't have faith to believe. So the, one of the reasons why the boy didn't deliver it is the crowd that was there was an unbelieving crowd. And we know that uh, unbelief can hinder deliverance. And so if there's somebody there that doesn't have faith in the room, you need to get them out of the room, write that down. This is very important because sometimes here's what's going to happen. You're going to do a deliverance and the person's going to bring their friend. They're going to bring their family. They're going to bring their boyfriend or their girlfriend. And they're going to say, well, my family doesn't really believe and we don't really know if it's true. Now, first of all, you shouldn't be doing deliverance on anybody that doesn't have the faith to believe for deliverance. So you're wasting your time. If someone says, well, I don't really know if it's going to happen today or it's not real. Get out. 
you're wasting my time. I could be doing better things with my time. Don't try to get over here and try to say, I don't really know if I'm going to get delivered. Then why did you come all this way? Why did you drive? Why did you waste your time? And why did you waste my time? Do not deal with anybody that doesn't have the faith. Number two, you have to understand that if there's someone in the room that doesn't have the faith, like if they brought a friend or family, you need to make sure they're not in the room because their faith can also affect the deliverance. That's why when Jesus was going to do a miracle, some of the time, he said, "Get it." would tell the people to leave the room so he'd be by himself because the people had no faith and it was preventing even Jesus from doing the deliverance. So even Jesus was prevented because of lack of faith. So he rebukes the crowd, rebukes the disciples for their lack of faith. The father responds in Mark 9, 22 and says, if you can stay with me here, do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So here's the father. Remember, now I've oftentimes taught this was all about the disciples. It wasn't about the father, but notice he said, if you can, Jesus responds, this is word for word your Bible. This is the response of Jesus Christ. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible possible if a person believes. The man's if was a sign of the man's unbelief. So here you have the disciples' unbelief. You have the crowd and the religious people's unbelief, and then you have the man's unbelief. This is a recipe for somebody not getting delivered. It's no wonder why the boy didn't get delivered. It's no wonder why there was no breakthrough. Everybody in this situation had unbelief. And when Jesus goes, what do you mean if? What do you mean if I can? We have the spirit of almighty God living on the inside of us. And tonight the Lord is saying, some of you need to get rid of the if. If it's God's will for me to be healed. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching good tonight? If it's God's will for me to be delivered. If it's God's will for me to prosper. If it's God's will for me to cast out demons. If it's God's will for me to be married. Stop saying if. Stop. Get the word if out of your vocabulary and start saying I believe. Jesus said anything's possible if you believe. So I'm not worried about if this. I believe God wants to heal me. I believe he wants me to be married. I believe he wants to prosper me. I believe God wants to bring breakthrough. If there's an if in your prayer, friend, I hate to say this, but you are in unbelief. So the failed deliverance was not only the disciples, it was the religious people's lack of faith, but it was also the boy's father's lack of faith. Remember in Matthew 13, 58, he says, it says that Jesus did, did not do many works there because of their unbelief. Unbelief shuts down the miracle power of God from flowing. And you need to understand that deliverance is not just authority. It's actually a miracle according to Jesus. So there's miracle power at play and our unbelief actually shuts down the miracle power of God in, in deliverance. And so you need to have the faith to activate your authority, to activate the power of God and to go Go ahead and activate your deliverance. And when there's unbelief, even Jesus said in Matthew 13, 58, that I'm being prevented from moving. And so now you see this and you go, it's no wonder why God isn't moving in so many churches. It's no wonder they don't believe in miracles or deliverance. People say, oh, well, brother Isaiah, my pastor believes in it. They just don't do it. And friend, I want to tell you, if they don't do it, they don't believe it. Don't try and tell me your pastor believes in healing when he doesn't ever pray for the sick in the church. Don't try and tell me you believe in deliverance, but you've never done or don't do deliverance. Don't try and tell me you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you don't pray for it. Just miss me with all of that because it's fake and it's fabricated and you're living in unbelief. Because if you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you'll pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you believe in healing the sick, 
You'll lay hands on the sick. If you believe in, am I crazy, y'all? If you believe in driving out demons, you'll drive out demons. So don't say, well, we believe in it. I have churches call me. We want you to come speak. I'm like, okay, well, you do, believe, do you believe in miracles? Well, we believe in it. We just don't pray for the sick. Then you don't believe in it, okay? Well, we believe in driving out demons. We just don't drive out demons. Then you don't believe in it. Our actions prove what we say is true or not. So stop making yourself think you believe. And tonight it's time to break unbelief. Now, the man responds to Jesus, Mark 9, 24, and says, the Bible says the father of the child cried out saying, and with tears, Lord, I believe help my unbelief okay this needs to be our prayer isaiah's prayer your prayer as deliverance ministers we need to recognize our unbelief and we need to pray every day lord help my unbelief faith will bring forth deliverance and we know this because remember in matthew 15 28 it talks about the syrophoenician woman coming to jesus asking for deliverance for her daughter and basically jesus told her no i'm not going to deliver your daughter but the bible says jesus delivered her daughter because of her faith jesus said oh great your faith is so remember faith activates the deliverance god is not asking you tonight to have some crazy radical faith all you need according to matthew 17 20 is the faith the size of a mustard seed if you have faith the size of a mustard seed you can break out of all unbelief now what gives us the faith to believe we can cast out demons what gives us the faith is luke 9 1 then he called the 12 and gave them power and authority over all demons. Okay, that's in Luke 9, 1. So Jesus calls the 12, gives them power and authority over all demons. Now, because Jesus said it, remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. Now, Jesus said, I've given you power over demons, okay? Because he said it, that produces the faith in me to understand that now I have authority and power. That's where I get my faith from is the word of God. Now, if you don't know scripture and you're a you who believer, you're a couch prophet, you don't know the Bible, you don't read the Bible. All you do is you're just a pro uh, prophetic junkie and you just go from prophetic word to prophetic word. And all you do is listen to YouTube all day, but you never read your Bible. You have no relationship with Jesus. Then you're not going to have faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so God speaks through his word and that's the activation of faith. And the reason why I'm giving you all these verses is because I'm building up your faith as we share with you so now you say oh well uh deliverance doesn't need to be violent or convulsing and all that but then i give you the word of god now you have faith and you believe oh this is biblical and so the fact that jesus has given us power and authority that is what gives us faith stop letting like the disciples did really what happened was they let the unbelieving crowd talk them out of their faith talk them out of their boldness Faith is a must in deliverance, and many times they, uh, deliverance fails when the person or the deliverance minister loses their faith. I think I drove that point home, did I? Type one. Okay, number two is a second major reason. Some of these I'm going to go quick on. I'm not going to take a long time because we are 40 minutes in, and I'm on number two here, but that's the nature of the beast. Oftentimes, I go long in the first couple, and then I'm going to go fast in the next couple, but number two is the person, remember, this is the deliverance minister, why deliverances fail. Number two is they lack spiritual discipline. This is a major one. This is another major reason why deliverances fail. The person doing the deliverance is lacking specifically, according to Jesus, in prayer and fasting. Let me just say this really loud and clear to all of you deliverance ministers, all of you on the deliverance network, and this goes for every single believer, okay? If you don't have a prayer life, if you don't have a lifestyle of fasting, do not waste your time trying to do deliverance. You're going to be irritated. You're going to be frustrated and you're going to be running in circles. You need to have a lifestyle. Write this down of prayer, fasting, and spiritual discipline. And Mark 9, 29, when the disciples asked why they couldn't do the deliverance, Jesus said this kind. Now, let me, 
I'll give you the actual translation. This kind of demon can only come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So this is a level of demon that you're not going to get out from just your Sunday morning lazy boy Christianity. This is a level that only is going to come out by prayer and fasting. And so there's a higher level of dimension, a higher level of degree of power that you need through prayer and fasting. And this is when the disciples ask, he said, this is why you guys couldn't do it. This is only going to come by prayer and fasting. So there is increased power when you pray and fast. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the demons are going to know it. Well, how do you know that? Because remember in Acts 19, the sons of Sceva tried to drive out demons. The demons spoke out of the man, remember in Acts 19, and said, Peter, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? The demons did not know who the men were. Why? Because they had no relationship with Jesus. I can't explain this to you, but I'll tell you this. Demons know whether you're in relationship with Jesus or not. And if you're not in relationship, praise the Lord, we hit 2,400 viewers. Come on, let's keep sharing this. If you're not in relationship with Jesus, demons are going to run circles around you. Now, we know that the sons of Sceva in Acts 19 were casting out demons in the name of the one whom Paul preaches about. They knew of Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. And so it's not enough that you try to drive out demons in the name of the Jesus Isaiah preaches about. You need to preach and have and have authority from a personal relationship with the Jesus of the Bible. This is key. It's not enough that you're on the Deliverance Network. It's not enough that you're in every live stream. It's not enough that you're a monthly partner or you know everything about the ministry. You need to know Jesus personally. Let me say it louder. You need to know Jesus personally for you to be effective in Deliverance Ministry. Prayer is a major way that you get to know Jesus. Let me just give it to you quick because I've done a lot of teaching on prayer. And I'll do I'll do a whole live stream on prayer. Prayer is what is to your spirit what oxygen is to your physical body. This has to be your life source. You need a prayer life. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus tells us that God is in the secret place. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but instead pray about everything. James 5, 16 says the prayer of a righteous person has power. Matthew 26, 41, that prayer keeps us from temptation. I'm telling you guys, prayer is incredibly powerful. It's how God moves. It's how heaven moves. It's how to get your prayer answered. You need a prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, we're not here to shame you. We're not here to guilt you. Tonight, you need to get a prayer life in Jesus' name. And then next, Jesus said, this kind only comes by prayer and also fasting. So I need you guys to start fasting. If you're on the Deliverance Network, if you want to be effective in deliverance, you need to start fasting. Now, you don't need to fast every time you're going to do a deliverance because you'd never eat because a lot of you do deliverance all the time. But you need to start small, start fasting. Remember, just fasting and not praying is Christian dieting. You need to pray and fast. And my suggestion is um, I would just fast once a week, twice a week, or three times a week. Start small and then move your way up and move your way up in the name of Jesus. You'll be able to have more authority, more power, but you'll be able to increase your fasting life. Don't try and do a 40 day or an 80 day or a 100 day or a 20 day or a 14 day. You'll get discouraged. Start small and work your way up because fasting brings many spiritual benefits. Fasting empowers our prayers. It increases your spiritual discernment. It positions you to hear God's voice, God's heart, and God's timing. It's, it puts you in a process of denying the flesh. It brings you into a greater level of humility. Um, it's a, there's a lot of benefits that you can have with fasting. It puts you in a, a place of victory in battle. So oftentimes when the people are going to go to battle, they would fast. And so if you want to be effective and cast these demons out, get them out quick. Have power in the spirit realm. You need to fast. This is very, very important. Judges 20, 26, they fasted 
looking for an answer. Second Chronicles 20, they did a corporate fast from deliverance for their enemies. Uh, Matthew 4, Jesus fasted to overcome the temptation in the wilderness for 40 days. Matthew 9, 14, they asked why Jesus' disciples didn't fast. Jesus said, when I'm with you, you don't need to fast, but I'm going to be leaving soon. And then you're going to need to fast because fasting brings the presence of God closer to your life. And so this is key in spiritual discipline. The deliverance minister must be a person, write this down, of prayer and fasting to be successful against demon powers. You're not required, like I said, to fast for every deliverance, but you need to be spiritually disciplined and have a fasting life. This whole thing, listen, all that we're teaching about deliverance, everything we're sharing about you with deliverance is about being a disciplined believer. If you're not disciplined, I know it's not easy, guys. I have to be incredibly disciplined because nobody's telling me what to do. No one's telling me you need to live stream. You need to prepare content. You need to do, I don't have someone calling me saying, go read your Bible. I spend hours, hours. There's some days, guys, I'm not, I'm not trying to just tell you this to brag, but I'm in my office for 10 to 12 hours a day. Sometimes where I'm literally in my office. I got in my office today at like, I don't know, 1 o'clock and I'm going to be in my office until 10 PM. So that's eight hours around eight hours. I'm going to spend today in my office and I'm only streaming for like two hours because I have to be disciplined if I'm going to be who God's called me to be. And if God's going to trust you with more level of glory, more power, more ministry, then you need to have a disciplined life. You need to put your flesh in subjection and make sure your flesh knows I'm not, you're not telling me what to do. I'm telling you what to do. Okay. Number three, reason why deliverance is fail. Are you guys ready? Type one, if you're enjoying this and you want me to keep going. Number three is the demon was too strong. Yes, you've never heard that before. Number three, why deliverance has failed is simply the demon was too strong. Sometimes the reason deliverance fails is the demon is stronger than what the deliverance minister is ready to deal with or what the deliverance minister can handle. I've been in some deliverances that are easy. I've been in some that are extremely hard. And usually the difficulty of the deliverance is directly related to the level, the ranking, or the power that the demon has. Not every demon is created equal. Remember, this is an army. This is a hierarchy. We've already done videos on the channel of Satan's kingdom, of rankings, of groupings. We've done all these type of stuff. But remember, let's keep it biblical. Mark 9, Jesus said that this kind or this type of demon can only come out by prayer and fasting. So that means there's different types, different strengths of demons. Remember when Jesus talked about a demon coming out of the house and he says he goes get, gets his friends that are more wicked than himself. So that's now Jesus showing us some demons are more wicked than other demons. So not every demon is created equal. Some demons are stronger than other. I've dealt with weak demons that will come out in two minutes. And I've dealt with strong demons that take hours of wrestling. So that's why I always say you can't say deliverance should happen in 30 minutes. And the reason why is because no deliverance is the same. Let me give you an example. Say you're dealing with an 18 year old that has no background in the occult, no background in witchcraft, has done nothing. And they say, oh, you know, I was addicted to porn for a year and I think I have a spirit of lust, okay? And you go and do deliverance and really the 18 year old you're delivering has lived a very clean life. Really all they've done is they've dabbled, like, like let's say in pornography is common, okay? You go in there, there's like one or two spirits, you cast a spirit out, it takes about an hour or 30 minutes or 20 minutes or 10 minutes. Low level demons, low ranking demons, the demons leave. The next deliverance you do is somebody that was dedicated to Satan as a child, which I've dealt with 30 years in the occult, 20 years practicing yoga, 20 years doing tarot cards. Okay. Astral projecting, doing everything you can imagine. Now you're going to tell me that those demons are all going to come out in 30 minutes. 
every deliverance is different and some demons are stronger than other demons and so you need to understand that every demon is not the same some demons are stronger than others and you need to play it by how strong the demon is okay because it's not all just equal where this demon is going to leave with that and that demon is going to leave with that every demon has a different ranking a different level we've done a lot of teaching on the channel about demon rankings and demon levels but you need to understand that demons are not created equal this is a wrestling match and demons i teach us all the time are personalities this is why a demon might have the name of someone you know and you say well how could the demon be the name of that it's not that the demon's that person's name it's that when you ask a demon its name the demon's going to speak out its personality or what it's assigned to do so you need to understand that just like people some demons are more stubborn than others just like some people are more stubborn than others just like some of your kids you can say go do this and they go do it others you have to beg them you have to yell at them you have to punish them and for them to go do it because demons are all different rankings different levels but remember according to Ephesians 6 we've been commanded to wrestle with demons so we're in a wrestling match and how many of you have ever seen a wrestling match usually whoever applies the most pressure wins demons will try and pressure you but you need to pressure them back some of you say why do you repeat yourself in deliverance well number one jesus did which i'm going to show you in a minute but number two is because i'm putting pressure on the demon i'm not giving it any rest i'm not giving it a five minute break i'm pressuring it pressuring it pressuring it pinning its arms down pinning its uh shoulders down and i'm putting pressure on the demons you have to choose to press through you have to outlast them oftentimes i've had demons say i'm not leaving because i know that you have to leave at six o'clock so sometimes they're going to wait you out and it doesn't matter how strong they are you have the power over them but you have to be willing to fight you have to be willing to put the pressure in and last just because you have the power over demons doesn't mean you're going to outlast a demon it's tiring and it's easy to give up and oftentimes demons leave immediately or some people say oftentimes you know demons will just leave immediately or this or the demons are going to go right away that's not always the case now oftentimes in scripture Jesus would command a demon to leave and yes the demon would leave immediately but remember we're not Jesus we're disciples but I want to show you this because this is going to ruin a lot of your guys' theology it's going to mess up a lot of you religious people in the chat that say well you shouldn't talk to demons and demons leave right away Mark 5 7 I want you to see this the Bible says in shouting with a loud voice he said so this is the demon speaking out of the man what business do we have with each other Jesus son of the most high God I implore you by God, do not torment me. So Jesus is dealing with a demon, a very high level demon of legion. Uh, it could be thousands of demons, many people believe. The demon's yelling at Jesus with a loud voice. Some be like, oh, just be quiet. You don't need to be loud. The demon's yelling at Jesus. And then the Bible says this. I'm reading your Bible. I'm reading Mark 5, 7. Guys, this is in your Bible. For he had been saying to him, Jesus, okay? For he had been saying, this he, capital H-E, is Jesus, for Jesus had been saying to the man, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, what is your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion for we are many. So here we go. I'm going to blow your religious theology out of the water. Jesus had been saying to him more than once. Okay. Cause it wouldn't say he had been saying, if you didn't say it more than once, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. So now Jesus is looking. I gotta, I gotta make it simple for you. Cause some of you are just too religious to get this. I come against that religious spirit in Jesus' name. Jesus is looking at the man, telling the demon to come out of the man. Did the demon leave the man? No. The demon started to talk, and Jesus asked, what is your name? So here we have a demon not listening to Jesus, not coming out of the man right away. Now Jesus, because the demon, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight, 
because the demon's not leaving, Jesus then goes, well, what is your name? So this is why we talk to demons. We don't immediately start talking to them. We command them to leave. And if they don't leave, then we talk to them. In my first video of Jesus versus demons, how Jesus cast out demons, I go into about a 20 minute teaching of the rules to casting out demons. But just know, according to Mark 5, 7, the demon did not leave immediately. Jesus talked to the demon. Jesus, yes, all you guys in the comments, Jesus wrestled the demon. And then Jesus, of course, got the demon out of the guy, but it wasn't immediate. So all of those ones that say, oh, well, it should go right away, take him to Mark 5, 7 and show them that even Jesus asked the demon's name because the demon did not leave immediately when Jesus told it to. And I'm going to tell you why. Some demons left right away, some didn't. The reason why Mark 5, 7, the demon didn't leave right away was because it was a higher level or a higher strength and was able to even resist Jesus in his first request. So this is a higher level. Legion is a higher ranking demon than the average you know, spirit of lust or spirit of confusion. And so you need to know that when you're dealing with higher ranking demons, sometimes they're stronger and you need to deal with them appropriately. Okay, number four, this is gonna be very quick because I've already done an hour and a half video on this. Write this down, number four of why uh, deliverance is fail, if this is good, type one, is the conditions of deliverance are not met. What does that mean? There's conditions to be delivered. We talked about this in the Casting Out Stubborn Demons. I spent an hour and a half talking about the conditions of deliverance. Things like unforgiveness have to be dealt with. Now, this is in the person getting delivered. Things like renouncing, things like repentance, things like soul ties, things like having occult objects in their possession. I've had demons say, I'm not leaving until the person gets rid of this occult object because I'm attached to the ring, to the necklace, to the bracelet, to the tarot card, to the Ouija board. And so you need to understand these are all conditions. And sometimes when the conditions are not met, then you're going to deal with this, these spirits over and over and over again, you're going to deal with these stubborn de uh, demons and they're not going to leave when you tell them to leave. Um, the person having a genuine desire to be delivered is a condition. So sometimes deliverances fail because the conditions are not met. They're not willing to forgive. They're not willing to renounce. They're not willing to repent. They're not willing to break soul ties. They're not willing to get rid of occult objects. They're not willing to change their lifestyle. They're not, they don't have a genuine desire. They're not desperate. You need to deal with all these things before you start commanding the demons to come out. Many times people want a friend or family delivered, but the person doesn't want it. This is a recipe for a failed deliverance. The person being delivered needs to be desperate and want the deliverance. Listen to me closely. Do not bring your friends and family that don't want to be delivered to a deliverance because it's going to be a waste of your time and a waste of their time. Praise God, we just broke 2,500 viewers and it's going to be a failed deliverance. Some people, I know this sounds crazy, prefer bondage over freedom because they're used to being in bondage. I go over all of these in my Casting Out Stubborn Demons video. It's about an hour and a half with these conditions. Now, if you see someone that is not willing to meet these conditions and you're in hours with no progress, listen to me very closely, all my deliverance ministers all my special forces all my spiritual snipers and you're in hours you're in three hours and there's been no progress you as the leader and you've recognized they're not willing to meet the spiritual conditions i'm giving you permission to stop the deliverance okay stop wasting your time and let the person know i don't think you're ready to be delivered at this time I'll work with you again in the future when you're ready. But remember, not every deliverance is going to be successful. There's times where your hands are tied and you have to move on. I meet with my team after and I say, okay, why did that person not get fully delivered? Was it them or was it us? And then we talk about it. Well, I feel like there's some unforgiveness. I feel like there's some unrepented sin. I feel like the person didn't genuinely want to change after. And there's different reasons why the demons are going to hang on to the person or hang on to the thing 
And so you need to realize and you need to understand that there's times, number four, there's times where the conditions are not met. And like I said, I'm going quick because I already have done an hour and a half on that. Number five, number five, write this down, a failed deliverance. The deliverance minister has wrong motives. I'm, I'm preaching good tonight. This is very practical. Number five is the deliverance minister has wrong motives. You need to make sure, listen up, all of you deliverance ministers, you need to make sure that your motives are pure, that you're driven by love, you're driven by compassion, and you're driven by the word of God. This is not, you're not driven by fame. You're not doing this for likes. You're not doing this for followers. You're not doing this for popularity. You're not doing this so you can post a testimony. You're not doing this to gain secret information on a person. You need to make sure that your motives are pure and you're doing this purely out of your love for them and the love that God has given you to help these people. If your motives motives are wrong, understand that it's likely the deliverance that you're trying to do is going to be a failed deliverance. You need to make sure that you check your motives. Your motives need to be pure. I just did a video on this, having pure motives, these tips to being a successful exorcist on YouTube. You need to make sure that you're not doing it for financial gain. Now, it's not wrong if somebody blesses you financially, but it's wrong if your motive is to make money from doing deliverance. I personally do not take money in deliverance. Now, some people will go and they'll donate to the ministry or the live stream after their deliverance. I just don't take money. If you just say, here's money, I'm not going to take it. You could obviously sneak it in and, you know, I won't know, or you put an envelope. Some people have done that, but I don't charge and I'm not going to take your money because I don't need your money for deliverance. God provides for me other ways, but understand that there's oftentimes that the motives are impure, they're wrong, and some people are doing it for a financial gain. Some people do it. I know you guys might think I'm crazy. This is true, but they do do it just to feel superior to other people. And that's witchcraft. They do it to dominate people. They do it to try to be greater. But remember, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you must be a servant. You have to be low to be great. So check, check tonight to see if you have any hidden motives and see if there's anything there that's not of God that you have that you need to change, that you need to adjust. Number five was check your motives. The deliverance minister has wrong motives. Number six is very important as well not understanding the way that Satan's kingdoms functions. Let me say it again. Number six is not understanding the way Satan's kingdom functions. Remember, according to Jesus, Satan has an established kingdom that is not divided. So you see the way that the church is divided right now? That's not the way Satan's kingdoms run. Satan is a highly organized, uh, very strategic, precise, planned out kingdom that works in unity with each other to destroy human beings. So Satan does not have a divided kingdom and it's going to help you in deliverance to learn the strategies, the rankings, and the hierarchies. The more you know, the more effective you're going to be in deliverance. If you say, well, how do I know these things? There's many books. I've done almost 40 hours. I have entire live streams of the rankings, the categories, and the groupings of demons, how they get in and everything else. I have all that on the channel, but understand that demons work together like a highly organized army. And sometimes in deliverance, you need to take down the head demon first. Sometimes you need to take down the low ranking demons first to weaken the entire gang of demons or the entire structure of demons. Remember, Jesus said that demons travel in packs. 
They travel in gangs and they work together. I have a video called Demon Groupings on how demons work together. And so sometimes when you're ignorant of the hierarchy or the establishment of Satan's kingdom, you're not going to be effective in deliverance ministry. And ultimately, you're just not going to have the info, the intel of the way that the demons work or you're not going to make it. When the army, when an army is going to attack someone or somewhere, they get all the intel that they can get before they attack. So for whatever reason, we have this church culture that refuses to learn about the enemy's kingdom that refuses to learn about the strategies of Satan and they think that they're going to be effective without knowing about him. There, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost write this down. There is no scripture that tells us not to preach or teach on spiritual warfare. Isaiah, if I learn too much about it, it'll be open door for demon. Wrong. Sin is an open door for demons, not learning what the Bible says about deliverance. So learning about what does the Bible say, watching deliverance videos is not an open door for demons. Sin is an open door for demons. So stop listening to the lies that your pastors are telling you that, oh, you know, you shouldn't learn too much about deliverance or you shouldn't get involved in deliverance ministry or this is wrong or don't talk about it. Listen, this is Jesus's ministry. Jesus talked about it. Jesus taught on it and it's important that we teach on it, preach on it and talk about it. When you're going against a demon, remember you're going against an entire demonic structure that has been set up and established strategically to destroy the person. Don't think that you're fighting just one demon. You need to understand there's a structure that you're going to take down. You need to be open as well to changing battle strategies. This is why you need to hear from God and you need a prayer life is because oftentimes one strategy doesn't work and I have to work with a different battle strategy to getting the demon out. So I'm always open because no deliverances are the same. I'm always open to a new battle strategy or what God is saying to me. So number six was not understanding the way that uh, Satan's kingdom functions. Number seven, and our last reason why deliverance fails is not learning from past failures. Number seven, why deliverances fail is not learning from past failures. Remember, when the disciples could not cast out this demon, they were genuinely concerned why they couldn't cast it out. This is the spirit of epilepsy in this young boy. We need to have the same concern when we have a failed deliverance and we need to learn from our failures and ask God what we can do different. If Jesus has given us power and authority, we need to know why we didn't apply it properly. Was this failed? This is the questions you should be asking after a failed deliverance. Was this deliverance failing my fault? Was this failed deliverance my fault? Was the conditions not met? Was it the person's fault? What was the failure? Go to Jesus and ask him just like the disciples did. He will oftentimes tell you why the deliverance failed. Don't do a failed deliverance and then say, oh, it was just the person wasn't ready. That's too easy. Don't say, oh, they just messed up here or they just need to do this better. No, go to Jesus and ask Jesus, why did that deliverance fail? Was it me? And if it was me, then I need to be more spiritually disciplined. I need to get my act together. I need to learn more. I need to pray more. I need to fast more. I need to increase because there's a reason why the deliverance failed. There's always a reason why the deliverance failed. Uh, you know, oftentimes it's just because you didn't put enough pressure or you didn't outlast the demon. Don't settle for partial success, but I want you guys to be striving for complete and total deliverance. Okay, so you need to ask them, you need to talk to them, you need to dialogue with them, and you need to discuss these things with them because oftentimes you're gonna find that these failed deliverances are a result of the deliverance minister. Now, I have a bunch of obstacles I'm gonna go through in another video. I'll probably make a separate YouTube video on the first 14 days of January going over this because I don't wanna go much longer because I feel we've been already over an hour and 15 minutes and I feel the Holy Spirit wanting to move right now 
in deliverance, wanting to move in breakthrough, wanting to bring healing to your body, wanting to bring breakthrough in your body. I know there's a lot of you watching that are sick in body that need deliverance, that need breakthrough, that need healing tonight. And I believe that God is going to strategize, God is going to equip, and God is going to mold us and shape us so that we can be, we can take these seven steps. I just gave you an hour of reasons why deliverance has failed and we can become more effective in deliverance ministry. Type one, if you're in the chat and you say, Isaiah, I want to be more effective in deliverance ministry. I don't want to do what I've always done. I don't want to just, you know, be complacent in my deliverance ministry, but I want to go to the next level. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're, where you're watching from, but I want to go to the next level in deliverance ministry. And so tonight is your night to break in. And so we're going to pray and we're going to get honest tonight, guys, and we're going to ask the Lord, is our motives wrong? Are we lacking spiritual discipline? I believe the Holy Spirit tonight wants to challenge us, wants to bring a higher level of spiritual discipline, a higher level of desperation, a higher level of hunger, and ultimately tonight wants to make us more effective deliverance ministers in Jesus' name. God wants to take you to the next level. And so I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord for some words of knowledge, some words of healing. We're going to release healing over you. We're going to minister. Those of you that have COVID, we're going to minister. We're going to pray for you. We're going to ask God for breakthrough. Those of you that need deliverance today is your day now is your time for god to do deliverance on you in jesus name i'm telling you guys we've been live an hour and 20 15 minutes and it flew by so fast because when the holy spirit and the anointing is moving it doesn't feel like it's dragging on if you've ever heard someone preach for an hour it just feels like it's dragging it's because there's a lack of the anointing but i believe tonight that god's presence and god's power is available to heal those that are sick in body, to bring restoration to marriages, to bring healing to young people, to bring healing to family member. Tonight is your night for breakthrough and deliverance. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name that you would release, come on, just receive this tonight. This is the most important part of the night, that you would release a holy boldness over us in Jesus' name. God, release boldness over your people. I command the spirit of timidity, of shyness, of complacency, of lukewarmness to go in Jesus' name and we say, be bold in the name of Jesus. You've been anointed. You've been called to be bold for the things of God. And we just say, be bold now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we ask for your power to be released. We ask for your anointing to be released right now. God, I pray that you would search our motives. I'm asking the Lord, guys, for me tonight. Lord, check my motives in every area of my life, in live streaming, in, my, in the social media, in deliverance in prayer, in my finances, in fasting, in every area of my life. Lord, check my motives. I want pure motives. I want a pure heart. Lord, let us not have any impure motives. Let us not have any unclean desires. Let our hands and our hearts and our minds be pure in the name of Jesus. I believe tonight God is going to expose deception. God is going to expose false motives tonight in Jesus' name. And God is going to bring healing and God is going to bring deliverance right now. Lord, expose those that have false motives in Jesus' name. And Lord, give us pure motives. Father, we pray that you would give us compassion in Jesus' name. God, release supernatural compassion, that it is compassion that drives us and motivates us to do deliverance. And so God, give your people compassion in Jesus' name. Give them boldness in Jesus' name. Give them the fire. Lord, we pray the fire of the Holy Spirit over every person watching right now in Jesus' name. We ask you, Holy Spirit, for power, 
We ask you for anointing to be released. We pray, God, that we would, you would release spiritual discipline. I believe right now the Holy Spirit wants to break spiritual laziness right now. I know, listen, I know where everyone's all in pandemic, quarantine. A lot of you are in other countries. You're locked down fully right now. And you say, man, I have so much time to pray and read, but something is stopping me from praying and reading. Type one, if you've been lacking spiritual discipline and you say, Isaiah, I need spiritual discipline in my life. I need to crucify my flesh because I'm lacking in spiritual discipline. I believe tonight God wants to bring spiritual discipline over you in Jesus name. Uh, yeah, look at all these ones in the chat. Many of us are dealing with a lack of spiritual discipline. Father, we ask you in Jesus name that you would discipline your children, that you would literally discipline us so that we would have discipline, Lord. Now, we don't want to be lazy. We don't want to be complacent. We don't want to go through the motions, but we want to be disciplined in Jesus name. God, we are asking for your power. We're asking for your anointing. We're asking that you would discipline your people in Jesus name. God, I want supernatural discipline. I want you, Lord. If there's laziness, take it off of me in Jesus name. We come against now the spirit of laziness. Get out of God's people now. Laziness, complacency, lethargic spirit, the slumber spirit, spirit of tiredness. We come against you now in Jesus name and we speak right now supernatural discipline in Jesus name. We say that you will be disciplined in Jesus name. You will walk in authority in Jesus name. And we speak the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost over you now. And we ask that God, you would bring discipline now over us, God. Let us wake up early or let us stay up late and be disciplined to read your word, to fasting and prayer. Those of you that need help fasting, Father, we ask for a grace so that we can fast. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would give us a grace to fast. You would give us a grace to be disciplined, a grace to read the Bible. If you fall asleep reading the Bible, if you get distracted reading the Bible, I break that demonic assignment off of you now in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over you right now. I pray breakthrough over your mind. I break every stronghold that is preventing you from getting in God's word, from fasting. I, I see hundreds of you writing saying, I need help with prayer and fasting. Lord, we're asking. We're asking the Holy Ghost for help, y'all. I'm not able to help you. The Holy Ghost is... Holy Spirit, we're asking that you bring breakthrough tonight, that you bring deliverance tonight, and that you would help us, help us, Lord, to go to the next level in prayer and fasting, to be able to overcome these high-ranking demonic spirits that you've given us authority over. Lord, we are asking for help right now, in Jesus' name, right now. Every spirit must go in Jesus' name. Father, we ask for mass deliverance tonight. Satan, you have no power. Satan, your power is broken. We bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. We command you to let these people go. I see you in the chat saying, I'm hearing voices. We say, go in Jesus' name. Generational curses, go in Jesus' name. If you're with somebody in the room and you start manifesting, let them start doing deliverance on you. Come on, let them do deliverance on you. Let deliverance break out. I speak right now for deliverance to break out in Jesus' name. I say deliverance, break out in your family, break out in your living room, break out in your car. Lord, let deliverance, Holy Spirit, go into these homes. And Lord, just right now, bring deliverance. Send your angels to bring deliverance. In Jesus' name, we speak the delivering power of God. I see a bunch of people saying, I'm manifesting. Listen, if you have somebody in the room that can pray for you, get them to pray for you. Even if they don't have experience, get them to call those things out of you. Get out, Satan. You have no power. We bind every unclean spirit in Jesus' name. You need to go. Anxiety, stress, suicide, depression, anger, addiction, occult spirits. 
witchcraft, magic, confusion, right now, anger, we put you on notice. You must go in Jesus' name. Get out now. Every deaf and dumb spirit, get out in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Satan, your power is broken. We plead the blood against you, Satan. We plead the blood against you, Satan. You have no power. You have no authority. I break mind control. If any of you have come under mind control, if any of you have been getting attacked by witches and warlocks, I break every spell of mind control in Jesus' name. Mind control is broken in Jesus' name. Mind control is broken in Jesus' name. Every contract of witchcraft, every assignment, every spell, every hex, all voodoo tonight, the Lord says, is broken in Jesus' name. Every voodoo doll, every spirit that's attacked you, every plan or spell that's been put on you, right now, we cancel it in Jesus' name by the blood of Jesus. Every assignment of broken, spirit of fear, you're broken. Spirit of fear, go in Jesus' name, you have no power and authority. Spirit of confusion, you have no power. Spirit of lust, every sexual spirit, incubus, succubus, we come against you now in Jesus' name. Every spiritual husband, spiritual wife, we come against you now in Jesus' name. We break your power. You have no legal right and you have no authority. And we say you must go in Jesus' name tonight. Tonight, we break it now in Jesus' name. Every spell, every hex, the Lord says is null and void by the blood of Jesus we cancel them now. We plead the blood of Jesus over you right now. Lord, we ask for peace. Some of you, I'm seeing the Lord say you've been tormented in your mind. Look, as I start praying this, my connection starts dipping. All right, the devil's mad. Those of you that have lost your peace, you've been having anxiety, depression, fear. Right now, I come against the spirit of depression. I come against the spirit of anxiety. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Spirit of depression, spirit of suicide, spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. We command you to go. And Father, I just ask for healing right now. Listen, if you're willing to do this, if you've had COVID or you have COVID or you have a family member that you want to stand for with COVID, I want you to type one. I am not one of those pastors that is in denial that's saying, oh, COVID's fake or COVID's a hoax. There are people right now sick with it. I have family right now sick with it. I've had many family members get it that are extremely sick. Praise the Lord. I have not, I have not gotten it. I don't believe I'm going to, but look at all these ones. There's many people watching with COVID or family with COVID. And I'm telling you, if the Lord could heal cancer, then God can heal COVID. Hundreds of ones flying through the chat right now, Father, we ask for your healing power to come right now. We come against COVID-19 in Jesus' name, and we ask for the healing power of God to just restore lungs, to restore bodies, to restore your smell, to restore your taste. And God, we are asking for healing against COVID, healing against the coronavirus right now. Bring your healing power in Jesus' name. Father, bring your healing power right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we're asking your healing power to be released in Jesus' name. Your healing power to be released in Jesus' name. God, have your way right now. Do what only you can do. I speak to every person on this broadcast that has COVID or is standing in the gap for someone with COVID. We say be healed. We say be healed. We say be restored in Jesus' name. Be healed. According to Psalms 103.3, according to Mark 16, we release the healing power of the Holy Spirit over you now. And we say, Jesus, bring healing right now. We give you the honor and the glory, Lord, and we ask for healing right now in Jesus' name. Healing right now in Jesus' name. I also hear the Lord saying, I'm going to heal those with blood disease. If you have a blood disease, type two in the chat, because right now I hear the Lord saying, I'm healing blood diseases. 
blood diseases. Father, we ask for restoration over blood diseases right now. In Jesus' name, God, bring healing. Bring healing. Bring healing in Jesus' name over every person with blood disease. We command that blood disease to go right now in the name of Jesus. We command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. I also saw, I'm getting a word of knowledge and I saw in the spirit, a lady with a black polka dot or a black shirt with white polka dots that has problems in her legs, in her knees. I'm seeing your knees, I'm seeing your feet. You're wearing a black shirt with white polka dots. If that's you right now, the Lord wants to heal your knees and heal your feet. I want you to type the number five in the chat. If you're wearing a polka dot shirt, it's a black with white polka dots and you've had had knee troubles and feet trouble. I just saw you in the spirit. I got a word of knowledge and I hear the Lord saying, I'm going to bring healing, whoever that is. I just saw you in the spirit. God's bringing healing right now. Father, we speak healing right now. Type five if that's you. We speak healing over your knees and the Lord says, I'm healing your feet in Jesus name. There you are right there. I'm healing your feet in Jesus name. I'm healing your knees in Jesus name. God says right now there's healing coming to you. There's healing coming to you right now. Right now in Jesus name. Father, bring your healing power. Okay, there's several fives. Bring your healing power in Jesus name. Bring your healing power in Jesus name. I also hear the Lord say, hold on. There's somebody. Okay. I don't know what this person's spamming here right now. They're asking for money and we're blocking them. Okay. I hear the Lord saying also, this is going to sound kind of specific also though. Everett, there's an Everett, E-V-E-R-E-T-T. I keep hearing the word Everett and I believe the Lord is saying your son is named Everett and the Lord says Everett is coming back to the Lord. He's wayward and you're believing. Type 10 Type 10 in the chat of that to you because the Lord says Everett is coming home, that God is sending his angels tonight to go over Everett's life. It's your son. He's wayward and God is going to restore Everett now. So I speak over you, Everett, that you will return to the Lord, that God wants to heal and that God wants to restore. Type 10 if that's you. God wants to restore. I believe it's your son, your mom, your dad. You've been praying for Everett and I just keep hearing the word over and over again. Okay, I see you right now, Jamie. Jamie, Everett is coming home in Jesus' name. Everett is coming home in Jesus' name. The Lord says that he's going to return to the house of the Lord. And he even served in the church, I hear the Lord saying. And God says, I'm going to bring him back in Jesus' name, Jamie. The Lord today is saying that I'm going to bring him back in Jesus' name. So Everett, we call you home. We speak the power. We speak the fire. And we speak the anointing of Almighty God over you right now. And we ask for healing. We ask for deliverance. We ask for breakthrough over Everett. We're believing with you. Father, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you for your anointing. We ask for you, you would do more tonight in Jesus' name. I also hear the Lord saying car accidents. Those of you that have been injured in car accidents, I keep seeing over and in the spirit over and over again, a car accident happening, a car accident happening this last year, a dehabilitating car accident. But the Lord is saying, if that's you, God says, I want to bring healing. I believe it was in June. I feel like the Lord is saying June of 2020 that you were in a car accident. If that's you, type seven in the chat because the Lord says in June of 2020, you're in a car accident. These are words of knowledge that God is releasing. When God releases words of knowledge, it's to increase the faith to bring forth the healing. So right now, June of 2020 car accident, God is bringing healing right now. I think you were rear, rear ended if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm hearing the Lord right, but I believe the Lord is saying you were rear ended. And guys, remember I say, I believe this is what the Lord is saying. I'm not saying thus say it the Lord, but this is what I feel. Okay, I see you right there, lovely, in the chat. 
And God says, I'm going to bring healing right now over your body, over every car accident, all the back pain, all the hip pain, your right leg, whatever that pain is that's shooting down your right leg. The Lord says right there, okay, I see you. God says, I'm going to bring healing over you right now. I'm breaking off the spirit of fear and I'm bringing restoration and I'm bringing healing. There's multiple of you there that got an accident in June of 2020, but God says, I'm going to bring healing and restoration over you in Jesus name. Father, we ask right now. And then everybody joining, there's 2,400 of you join in with prayer as we minister and pray with us so that we can see this healing we can see this breakthrough released in jesus name father we just ask you right now right now in jesus name we pray for your healing power right now over all car accidents june of 2020 all car accidents right now we ask for healing we ask for restoration we ask for renewal i'm also hearing the lord say there was somebody that had hip surgery i believe the lord is saying that it was your right hip i feel like the lord is saying your right hip you got a hip surgery and it, it went bad. There was complications there in the surgery and you've had extreme pain. You had a right hip, I believe. There was a right hip replacement and the Lord, and it went wrong, but the Lord says tonight, I'm going to bring healing over your right hip. You had surgery this year, type four in the chat if that's you. You had surgery this year in your right hip specifically, but the surgery your body didn't take to the hip right or something like that. I just keep hearing the Lord say like something went wrong. There was, a, there was a complication, complication in the surgery. Type four, if that's you, your right hip. Because right now I'm hearing the Lord saying I'm bringing healing over the right hip. Those of you that had a surgery complication in your right hip, Father, we speak. Type four, if that's you. I know some of you on YouTube are behind. You need to make sure if you're on YouTube that you scroll the bar all the way forward so that you're not behind in the video so you can get these as we're praying for them. Father, we ask right now that you release healing over that right hip in Jesus' name. Okay, I see you, I see you right there. Lord, I speak healing over that right hip in Jesus' name. I speak healing right now over Linda in Jesus' name. Linda, we say be healed. We say be healed in Jesus' name. Every complication, Father, we ask that you would just bring healing over Linda right hip right now you would restore it you would restore it you restore it. i'm also hearing the lord say cataracts in the eyes if you have cataracts in your eyes i'm gonna believe tonight that as we pray that god would release complete healing listen i know some of you are gonna log off because we're not preaching we're just praying and prophesying and we are releasing words of knowledge if you want to sow if the word bless you you can do that the links are in the description i'm not gonna beg i'm not gonna go on and on about it the links are in the chat in the description because i feel like the lord is still moving so go ahead and give through there if you're blessed tonight listen there's 2600 people on tonight if everybody gives something small it'll go a long way but i want to pray for cataracts in the eyes if you have cataracts in your eyes type one because i believe there's a special anointing and god is moving and healing tonight and we're just going to pray for this. Father, we ask you right now over cataracts that you would dissolve every cataract in the eye right now in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.